0: By the book can have a whole new meaning, updating a venture that we all know about, and it's no kids play. And we have new candidates as the political season begins to bloom just like the flowers in spring or pollen, depending on how you approach it. All this and more on the Anderson Observer podcast, news from people you trust. And as always, the Anderson Observer podcast, news from people you trust, is made possible by Solomon's at Brookstone. And Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill downtown. Sullivan's at Brookstone is Anderson's best spot for lunch and dinner Thursday through Friday and lunch on Wednesdays through Sunday. Yep, that's right. You can get Sullivan's lunch on Sunday out at Sullivan's at Brookstone. If you can't get out there, you can always go to Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill downtown except on Sunday. You can check them out on Facebook at Sullivan's at Brookstone or at Sullivan'sBrookstone.com or you can look at Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill. Check them out on Facebook there. If you haven't eaten at Sullivan's, you have missed one of the best dining experiences anywhere. They've been written up in all the national magazines and culinary. They won every culinary awards can. One of the two top restaurants in South Carolina, according to several culinary magazines. Give Sullivan's a try and tell them you heard about it right here on the Anderson Observer podcast. It has been another great week in Anderson. Okay, besides that the Bell's building remains standing after a month when we said it was going to be torn down, but preparations are supposedly underway, but they seem more like delays than preparations. Uh, this demolition company out of Miami is in no hurry, but uh, I think five bubbles with sledgehammers could have taken down the old Bells building by now. However, that said, they have been working inside the building. They put a fence up. They apparently have hauled a lot of stuff out. And the latest word is they will start in two weeks when the big claw will pull apart the shell. shouldn't be any too gigantic of booms or any explosions whatsoever. And I hope that I will be there shooting video when they start. I'm sure everybody wants to get good pictures of that. This this thing has to start eventually. If you missed out on last week's big fishing tournament, the FLW Fishing Tournament at Green Pine, it was amazing. 167, 668 boats in the water anglers and co-anglers people hoping to make the tour plus the pros i hope you'll get out there and catch one of these fishing tournaments it's kind of fun to watch and of course the weather was much better than the eight degrees at Bassmasters last year but do make plans to drop in to one of these big events there's another one coming up in a couple of weeks out there Neil Paul and the Visitors Bureau and Matt Shell out of the green, out at uh, you know the, the Parks Department here at the county with Green Pond, they put on quite an event. Both those guys worked really hard. Neil Paul got accolades from the stage at FLW for the great job he did working with them. Even had great weather, except for a few sprinkles during the finale on Sunday afternoon. And without exception, the anglers were effusive in their praise for Hartwell Lake and Green Pond Landing and the the community and the people and how friendly everybody was at the businesses and hotels and restaurants. And we were really looking forward to them coming back. Uh, And many of you may have read in the Anderson Observer... Uh, I wrote an editorial about the FLW folks, and they really and I did it because the FLW folks really went the extra mile during their visit to Anderson to be good community citizens as visitors. Not only did the tournament boast an economic impact on Anderson County and the millions of dollars, but many of those who came to fish as professionals, this is them making a living, also took time out to reach out to our community. Uh, and the FLW pro Cody Kelly had this idea at some point to bring a fishing derby to each town of the tour for Special Olympics athletes and kids. So on Saturday, they held uh, the Anderson FLW Derby out there at the Civic Center Chris Taylor Park, and the turnout was really good, a lot of kids having a lot of fun. They provided rides and reels and bait, and radio was there, and Cool Rock was there, along with a lot of other folks to fish that pond, which was stocked just before the event with catfish, although the little boy who won actually caught a three-pound bass, much to the chagrin of some of the pros who didn't catch a three-pound bass during the tournament. Uh, I was there all morning, took some video, watched the pros assist and encourage those kids and special athletes that were fishing, made a lot of good jokes. They posed for pictures. They shared hugs and more than a few laughs. You could tell they were passionate about it and engaged with those kids. And As they baited hooks, they helped them with their casting and made the event so friendly. Uh, in addition to Cody Kelly, there was uh, FLW pros Nicole Jacobs, who was one of the few women on the tour and local uh, pro Roger Metz was there. they were superstars on Saturday so if you see any see Roger around or if you ever see anything about these two these three pros, Cody Kelly and Nicole Jacobs and Roger Metz. Their efforts and kindness and goodwill are going to be remembered by those who participated in that fishing derby out at uh, the Civic Center long after the list of winners who caught the most big fish at Hartwell Lake are forgotten here by those folks and their families. So we do hope that FLW will return to Anderson next year, think they will maybe. And we need uh, groups like this who come in and participate in the community and bring in a great uh, economic boom for us as well. So it's, it's a win for everybody all the way around. So I just want to say good work, FLW. Great work, guys. And I do believe the Love Fest is mutual, as FLW had sent a, a letter an email to Anderson uh, saying that their visit was one of the most well-received they'd ever had. They'd gotten more emails and calls and comments than any other tournament. So I, I know the crowds out there sort of indicated that, and I know Green Pond continues to get better and better. So uh, we really want to say this was, this was just a great event. And, and keep an eye out for Green Pond Landing as it continues to grow and expand and add more facilities and, and bring more national attention to Anderson County also like i said the this is it is political season they 've got people having to Wednesday to register for any uh to file to run for any of the offices that are that are coming open this time or if they want to be uh, compete against offices for an office this time. Um, there are a few political notes I wanted to run down really quickly from the news this past week uh, Representative Mike Gamble and Williamston councilman and businessman Rocky Burgess were the big vote, biggest vote getters in tuesday's g o p primary to choose a candidate to run for the South Carolina seat that was left. Vacant by the untimely death of the late Senator Billy O'Dell, who was such a great friend of the Upstate, uh, Gambrill came close to winning the seat outright. He had an unofficial forty-five point five percent, or approximately four hundred and fifty-nine votes cast for him. Uh, Burgess was second with thirty-one point nine percent of the vote. Greenwood City Attorney Trip Paget received fourteen uh, percent, and he received a large uh, portion of the vote from the area right around Greenwood, where where he is the city attorney. And I do, I will say that in the um, in the uh, debates and in the forums, he, he seemed to be an impressive candidate. And, and then retired Anderson City Transportation Director Willie Day took 6.2 percent, and that left Williamson resident Mark Powell with 2.3 percent of the vote. So there will be a runoff. None of the three candidates who are not in the runoff have endorsed either Gamble or, or Burgess yet, so we'll wait and see how that goes. But that should be interesting as that head, heads toward a runoff also been a lot of buzz over the past week about Anderson County Council District 1 Councilman Francis Crowder's decision not to seek re-election. Mr. Crowder says that he wants to spend more time doing religious work and with his family, and he told me that, and this is a quote, by the end of my current term, I will have spent six and a half years dedicated to public service as a county council member, and looking at the landscape of the future, it's time for me to think inwardly about my life and family and the fact that I'm 82 years old and serving on council takes away from the time I would spend on religious things. Uh, Crowder, if you remember, was appointed by then-Governor Mark Sanford in 2010 to finish out the term from Councilman Bob Waldrop, who had stepped down to serve on the South Carolina State Board of Trustees. And he has served as county council chairman twice and is currently head of the county finance committee. And his decision, um, oh, one other thing I do want to say about Mr. Crowder, he was a champion of the East-West Connector. That was one of the big things he really pushed for, and that was one of the things he was proudest of in trying to uh, govern in council. And we do appreciate anyone who takes time out for public service. Now, his decision to leave, though, leaves an open seat, and right now only one candidate has filed for this seat, and that's Craig Wooten, who is a director of business development and government relations at Tactical Medical Solutions out there on Harris Bridge Road. You know, they deal with a lot of international firms uh, providing, um, you know, tactical medical uh, supplies and stuff. You'll see them on some of the walls in some of the places in the county that if there's a problem that they, they're there for emergency situations. They have they're a really fast-growing firm and do a great job out there. But Wooten, who who is their development director uh, and government relations director, is also a former staff member of U.S. Senator uh, Lindsey Graham, and I asked Wooten this week about his decision to run for Anderson County Council. I'm talking to Craig Wooten. He is running for Anderson County Council District One seat. Now, Craig, tell me why you decided to do this.
1: Well, I reached a point in life that um, I've participated in a lot of different levels of politics, and. Um, and like everybody else, I watch it on TV and get frustrated. And, and at a certain point, you sort, of, you sort of say, well, what are you going to do? How do you jump in and, and do something? And I think the local level has challenges. But the good part is, I think you can actually see the, the fruits of your actions. And um, so, me, I turned 39 next week. And I said, you know, if I'm going to do it, I might as well pull the trigger and do it.
0: Uh, and Uh, tell me about are you from are you from the area you're from your local i am
1: i am i grew up here went to anderson college well at that time it was anderson college for two years and played soccer and then finished at clemson and um i tell folks i moved down to charleston atlanta for a few years after school and i ended up moving back home my mom always said i had to move away for a few years to realize home was a good place to be and so and And that's I met my wife, Abby, who's also um, been in Anderson a long time, her and her family. What do
0: you think are the big challenges facing Anderson County in the next couple of years?
1: You know, I really think, and it's hard to quantify, but I think it's sort of a mindset. You know, when you go to the counties who are, are doing things and moving forward, usually there's a culture there of, you know... You know open for business um there's a there's a thought process within folks in the community where they're energized and they want to come together on things and it doesn't mean that anybody's having to you know infringe on their ideals but it's community projects that have benefit across the board and you're just looking for a certain level of cooperation and so i tell folks all the time we don't have to do anything but we can talk about anything or we should be able to talk about anything and, and, and share ideas so I think that's the biggest challenge up front is just creating a culture where we can um, we can talk about well, where are we, where do we want to be in 10 years where do we want to be in 15 years um, and take input from all sides uh, is there anything else anybody needs to know about
0: you we'll, we'll catch up again closer to the primary sure. but anything else anybody else needs to know why they should vote for you or support you in this right now you don't have any opposition yeah. but there's rumors flying around there's a couple other people looking at running
1: yeah uh, I think I think I bring a lot of energy into the race. I bring a unique um, skill set and experience. I've, I've participated in a lot of different levels of politics and government. we it at the on the national level, or the state level. And well, Mitchell, tell them a little bit about that. Tell them sure. what you've done with that. Uh Even going back to high school, I remember working on, um, as, as, a, as a young Republican, working on David Beasley's you know, campaign uh, for governor. And then I worked with Charlie Condon um, when he was attorney general. And um, seeking governorship and then um, also worked with Gresham Barrett um, when he was running for um, governor and then I handled 10 counties for Senator Graham uh, from Anderson County, Pickens down to Aiken and that gave me a unique insight because one of the things I did was, well I was a liaison for federal issues for those counties, but you attended um, county council meetings, city council meetings, um, Appalachian Regional Councils, Upper Savannah Regional Council and you got to see what works what doesn't how people had to come together to make something work and sort of um skip beyond the rhetoric and you know get into get into a a sort of a results oriented mindset so I feel like I've I've had a window into that and so I could bring that experience to it and then couple that with um I'm eager to learn and ready to get after it you know I feel like it could be a success
0: uh, are you going to plan on start attending council meetings to kind of get the feel and the flow of the council here?
1: I am. Um, I actually, you know, I know that there's some, other, some of you can watch some of it on Channel 16 now. Well, no, they're they're working on getting it live on 193
0: on Charter. Okay, and okay. so, but yeah,
1: it's, it's you know, uh, we got one Tuesday, it's every other Tuesday, obviously, at yeah. Old company. Yeah, I, I want to attend council meetings and, and hear what's going on. I also want to take the time to go back and look at some of the past council meetings and the structures. I know you know, understanding better how the budget works. I was listening to Jackie Hunter on Monday night. You know, talk about how they're bringing in revenue, what the trends have been over the you know, past twenty years, so that we can um, quantify if we go certain directions, what really happens, not what not what do we say happen or what do we feel happens to me, but when when we recruit new businesses, are more house tops coming in? When more house tops coming in, is it broadening the tax base? So, that we actually can afford more services, but it'd be a less of a burden on everybody. But um, I think sometimes you gotta look retroactive and have like solid numbers on that to see if that's the case.
0: So. Well, I appreciate it, Craig. We will catch up yeah. closer to the uh, primary once we see what is coming down. Yeah. But, okay. uh, look forward to seeing you, Council. As I had said, uh, filing closes Wednesday. So, if anyone's gonna run against him, they'll have to file by Wednesday. I will say this uh, whoever decides to run, I think it's a good thing to see younger candidates become involved, somebody who's under the age of 40 actually getting involved in local government, something we've needed for a long time. It's a fresh perspective from somebody who has some good experience in both government and international business and other things. So whether it is uh, Craig Wooten or another candidate, it would be good to see some uh, fresh blood and some young people uh, decide and take part. There are rumors swirling around that John Binka, who's you know the businessman and owner of Corbett McGee's Irish Pub downtown, Uh, Might also run for Mr. Crowder's seat. He has run against him before, and he's not declared yet, so we're going to try to uh, get in touch with him. And if he does decide to throw his hat in the ring, we will definitely have him on the podcast as well to talk about his goals. But candidates, again, if you're listening to this and haven't decided if you want to run for something, you have until noon, March 30th, that's Wednesday, to file and get on the ballot for the June 14th primary. And, of course, the general election is November the 8th. And, of course, I want to do a really quick update on the sheriff's race. Not a whole lot's changed. Current sheriff... John Skipper's still seeking his third term, and challenges are down to two now. Uh, This former uh, Sheriff's Department spokesperson, Chad McBride, who is in security at New Spring Church and Anderson University, Uh, he is uh, Skipper's former uh, media spokesperson out there. And then a a former Highway Patrol trooper, Jeremy Pickens, is also set to compete against Skipper in June's primary. No Democrats have have announced so far that they have any plans to run, but we'll wait and see. We have until Wednesday. And meanwhile, no new candidates have announced in the 10th Circuit solicitor's race, where the three candidates, all Republicans, look to replace solicitor Chrissy Adams, who is not going to seek a fourth term because of some health reasons. She's had some health problems for some some time now, and we, we hope and pray that she's going to be okay. Uh, Anderson County Deputy Solicitor Rain Campbell is running, uh, David Wagner, who is in charge of the 10th Judicial C- uh, Circuit Oconee County office, and Wilson Burr, who resigned his post as chief public defender in Oconee County at the end of 2015, are all planning to seek this office. I'll keep you updated on these races uh, as we get closer, and I will have at least some of these candidates on the podcast. All are being invited. I just can't guarantee all will accept. Hope they will, because I know everyone would like to hear who's running and why they are running and hear it from their own, in their own words. In other news, Anderson is looking at roundabout traffic intersections. Uh, at one of the, the intersections, is at Concord Road and Harris Bridge Road, and the other is at Kings Road and Brown Road. These European style circle traffic intersections would be a first for the county. Had a meeting last night at uh, at the elementary school out here at High Point, and there was a lot of mixed reaction. I know at least one council person, uh, Anderson County Councilman Tom Allen, said that he thinks that it's it's overkill for the end of Kings Road and Brown Road. It does seem, I can't figure out how they're going to put a roundabout there, even looking at the thing, that's an awful big thing, but that maybe it would make sense at the, you know, uh, Harris Bridge and Concord Road thing. But um, others are, are sort of in favor of it. Both of those are interesting intersections. But the East West Connector has cut down some of the traffic out there, so maybe it's not as acute as it was. There are a few blinds, a little bit of a blind spot there on when you are coming off onto from uh, Concord and Harris Bridge Road, and of course there has been a lot of a lot of folks who live out near the corner of. Of Brown Road and Kings Road, who have had trouble getting out of their driveways, but I think that's changed a little bit. But we'll have more on this as that story develops, and if there's any decision made, it would be eighty percent paid paid for by federal and twenty percent by the state. And I think we'd have to probably end up maintaining it. And we don't know if there's any other costs involved. Uh, I know there's some concern about county needing road monies for other for more pressing things, but like I said, we'll follow this story and talk about it more as it evolves. Also this week, the Anderson County Library hosted a How-To Saturday, and it drew a really large crowd. They had a lot of How-To folks out there teaching people how to do various things. And if you haven't been to the library in a while, you might not know that books are really only a tiny part of their mission. Um, they got digital content, books, audio books, movies, um, classes for all ages of all kinds, uh, tax help, meeting rooms, study rooms. And that's just a few of the, the things they're offering out there. And Brianna McDonald, who's in charge of reference and digital services, said that more and more people are discovering what Anderson County Library has to offer. All right. I'm at Anderson County Library, and I'm talking to Brianna McDonald, and we're talking about mm, some of the things that have just happened and some of the things that are coming up. I know it's a busy time of year at, at the library, and uh, so I know you just had, and I heard a lot of really good comments about that. Oh, how to day. Tell people how that went. And what
2: yeah, uh, we <laughs> thought it was a really successful day. Um, we got a lot of really positive feedback from you know people who came as well as people who presented. Um, and what, what
0: kind of things did y'all have? What kind of how-tos did um, you have?
2: We had, you know, how to, you know, sort of plan a, a, a week of healthy meals. We had how to make your own greeting cards, how to, you know, sort of reuse um, tissue paper and make it into sort of like decorative wrapping paper with acrylic paints. We had, you know, knitting, crochet. We had beekeeping. We had hydropon or aquaponics. Hydroponics? Aquaponics. I get them confused. I
0: do, too. <laughs> I'm not sure I know the numbers yeah. if you told me um, that. Something to do with n- not planting in the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Plants and days. water. Oh, wait, you had beekeeping? We did,
2: did have, have beekeeping. Did they have any bees with them? They did, actually. <sighs> they have, um, I think it's Forks Farm, they have a sort of a setup of a little tabletop um, bee display they use for education. Wow. So they had both their... They had two sessions. They had one that was just information about, you know, their bees and everything, and another one that was sort of like how to get started, you know, raising bees and everything. You
0: had a good um, crowd, didn't you? I mean, I, we I, heard, did. I heard it was a really good crowd. Yeah, we had,
2: a, um, we had a good turnout. Um, pretty much every session was attended. You know, people were able to kind of flow in between different ones. It wasn't necessarily – the only one that was kind of set was the yoga because right. that's something that's hard to have people go in and out and people of. People don't
0: realize y'all have lo- yoga here. I mean, that's yeah, we do the, yeah.
2: every week. Actually, on Tuesday mornings, we have a um, certified yoga teacher who um, leads the class, and it's really it's open to everyone. She keeps it on a, she changes it up, but it still remains on a fairly beginner level.
0: Well, and that's one of the reasons I wanted us to kind of catch up. I think a lot of people forget uh, that they think of the library just books, you know. Yeah. And, and and I know there was a story I guess it was on NPR this week about how adults now prefer to learn in person and that libraries have so many classes that they're starting to see a, a much larger turnout. Even though they could do it online, they have questions. They want to be in an interactive kind of environment with other humans.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have kind of a a, um, a real rush on whenever we, we release the new quarter of computer classes. There's a huge rush on signing up for those. Um, you know, we have programs like these are always very well attended. We have a knitting and crochet group that... You know, people come all the time wanting to learn how to do these different things. And it's also just a chance to sort of meet other people in the community who have similar interests. And um, that was sort of a big goal of the How-To Fair was to say, you know, look at all these people who have their homegrown businesses or just their hobbies. And, you know, and let them sort of be the teachers and let them sort of show off their passion. And, And that was, like, those were the people that had the best attendance and the greatest response. And it's a chance for them to shine and for us to provide you know, sort of ongoing education um, for free for anyone who wants it. We have
0: a lot of classes here. We I mean, do. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I know it would be impossible to go through. Uh, one yeah. of the things I saw, how did the, I meant to ask you, how did the uh, grown-up coloring thing go?
2: You know, that is insanely popular. Are doing
0: that regularly now? We do, yeah. Uh, to explain um, what that is because it sounds pretty relaxing and pretty It is. Pretty so, um,
2: so Vanessa puts on, you know, some nice music. She provides some chocolates and coloring pages. And... Um, people, you know, bring their friends, bring their moms, and come and sit, and, you know, they color, they socialize, they chat, and it's really just a chance to kind of unwind. It's in the evening, you know, it's um, it's really a chance to kind of be social and not have to pay for anything, you know, not having to go out to eat or anything like that. Um, and people really enjoy it. It's also really great for people like me, who don't have any artistic bone in their body to still kind of say, I can color in the lines <laughs> and make something pretty. Um, I don't have to necessarily, you know, sketch something amazing. Um, and it's, you know, we have it every month, um, usually about the end of the month. And uh, it's a very popular program. I think it's, um, people are really get a kick out of it. You know, we provide all the supplies, you can just kind of come and drop in. It runs, I think, two hours or one and a half hours, but you don't have to stay for the whole thing, Um, and it's, uh, we've had a lot of really positive feedback, and now we're seeing more libraries and more bookstores even, you know, having sort of an adult coloring night, Um, and it's usually, it's usually the idea that it's, you know, it's sort of a way to relax, sort of a way to kind of mellow out and just sort of, you know, use your brain for something different than you do during the day.
0: Well, I noticed a, a few weeks ago y'all had up statistics of foot traffic coming through that it was really up. You the know, numbers of people coming into the library, and Anderson County Library, is really yeah. increasing. Yeah,
2: um, which is actually kind of surprising for us because um, our digital collections are so popular. Right. You know, we see increasing circulations on that all the time, but people are still coming in. You know, people... You know, even if it's not just for checking out books, it's for, you know, coming to any of the children's story times, the children's crafts and activities, um, you know, after-school programs, and then these programs for adults like the How-To Fair. Um, I think people really are more understanding that we're a community hub, um that we're an, a, a place where people can, can meet and don't have to sit quietly and read in a corner. You know, that it's you know it's it's so much more than that.
0: Well and I think increasingly it's getting hard and hard to find any place that's quiet.
2: Yes. So and that's an escape from <laughs> Yeah, and we do try and keep some places of the library still a little quiet, um particularly private study rooms. Um we have certain areas of the library we try and keep the noise level down. But at the same time, we know that that's, that's changed. Um, you know, people who are on the computer sometimes need to be on the phone at the same time. Um, you know, And people, a lot of tutoring happens here, you know, and that's something that's not a, you know, it's not a loud activity, but it's also not a quiet activity. Um,
0: well, I, the, the the age group, like you've got a, a teen event coming up this weekend. You know, yeah, we'll Talk about that. Yeah,
2: we have um, a Teen Geek Fest, which is uh, taking place... On the main level in the, our sort of our large meeting room, um, you know, and that's a chance for teens just kind of hang out and chill. Um, it's a great way to kick off spring break. Um, but that's you know there's going to be uh, gaming there, so that's pretty social. So it's going to be loud for that. Um, there is a movie that's going on, but we've kind of separated a little bit, so people who want to have the quiet and watching the movie, it's Avengers, um, the second one um you know they can do that but they can also you know play games with their friends they can there's a fan art so a way to people who love drawing have a chance to kind of sit and draw with other people and there's also coloring too so for people who again like me can't color or can't draw um and you know and that's that can be a loud activity as well and um and that's you know, but for that we're trying to keep it sort of in an enclosed space so it doesn't disrupt too much of the rest of the library. But at the same time, we're we've gone okay with that. You know, we didn't have any complaints about noise level on the how to fair. Last year's con was huge and people were positive about this. They like seeing the library in these different ways. And I think as long as we don't do it every single day, you know, people are very accepting of us. Kind of shaking things up a little bit.
0: Well, and then on, you know, you fast forward five decades, and I notice you got AARP out here helping people with taxes. Yes. And right <laughs> this time of year you got.
2: Yeah. Um, free tax help at the library. Um, we've done it so many years. Um, they just use our computer lab, and um, and they help people fill out their taxes. And it's something that's that's needed. It's you know every year we've seen fewer and fewer tax forms coming in from the IRS and from the state. And people need to know how to be able to get the forms, and then also how to fill them out. and unfortunately, we can't give any advice on how to fill them out, but we can direct them towards um, the free tax help and uh, tax preparation from the ARP and from the um, from Vita uh, through the United way and um, that's you know that's always been a very hot question even in, even in December so it.
0: it um... You mentioned the digi- new digital approach to libraries now, that's sort of the, I know, y'all have, it seems like every time I look, there's a new way to either get a book or a magazine or yeah. something. But they're cumulative though, they're not, they're not, you don't like drop one and add more, right?
2: No, um, we actually did have one recent change, but we think it's, um, it was, you know, kind of back and forth and we went with a different digital magazine service okay. because um, that one was going to be able to offer more popular magazines and the other one kind of just internal publishing issues. So And we've had positive response. No one's been very upset that we had this change, you Mm -hmm. know, and we tried to make sure that the popular magazines were covered across the board. But, yeah, we keep adding on. The newest one is Hoopla, um, which we're really excited because it offers – Something we've been wanting to give the community for so long is free movies, TV, and music, um, you know, digital music. And that's, um, the movies is the highest circulator in that. Although, still, people do e-books and audiobooks on it, so.
0: And, and I was going to tell you, I've mentioned it to some people, and they're a little intimidated. I told them, bring your Kindle or whatever, <laughs> and you'll help, somebody here will help them set it up.
2: Oh, yes, yeah. Um, that's a very normal activity for me every single day. So um, I've been trying
0: to convince my mom to get a Kindle, because she reads all the time. Mm-hmm. And I said, you don't have to get rid of your books. It's just, you know, like a lot of people just get tired holding a bed at night, uh, book in bed at night. You, know, you can look at a Kindle and, you know.
2: And I've known people who check out the physical book and then also the e-book at the same time. Right. And, um, and that's something, so they, they leave the book at home, so, you know, reading before bed. But then when they're waiting in the doctor's office or going out of town for some reason, they're able to take the e-book with them. And also for people who go on vacation and don't have a book with them, they can still check out our e-books even if they're in California. Right. As long as they have an internet connection and a library card.
0: And that's it. That's it. Everybody should have a library card. Yes. I've had <laughs> one for my whole life. I got a library card. I think that was my first form of identification. I was probably three <laughs> or something almost, almost 60 years ago. But uh, it... it uh, for me, as a bookworm, as somebody who reads all the time, I mean, I knock out several books a week. It it allows me to check out a book and that I might just not want to buy. You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, I probably won't read that book but once. You know, and you, y'all have the the latest titles and everything. I mean, sometimes there's a little wait when something first comes out, but I think there was a book I, I checked out here. For my Kindle, a few couple months ago, that only had to wait like a week, and it was brand new, and you know, yeah. was able Yeah, to...
2: the um the e-books are the best way to do that. I think is that um you know because that at least with those we don't have to wait on getting them physically sent to us and processed and cataloged and everything, and that's also you know it's a great way also you can usually preview books before you check them out. Mm-hmm. Um, digitally with the ebooks and that's a g- great way to see he's like i don't know if i'm going to like this author and then it's like oh yes i do or oh, and no, you can put things on
0: hold i mean if you, if you don't have it i want it when it comes out you can ask to yeah. request it. and you also have audiobooks i think a lot of people
2: yes oh my gosh the audiobooks are probably i would dare say the second most popular ebooks i think still wins out but so many people you know want to be able to have their audiobook on their you know on their ipad on their phone you know, help them with that commute to work. That <laughs> for the
0: gym and riding around. There's nothing better. Yeah. I'm not. I, I, I at least one book a week I read is audiobook.
2: Yeah, yeah. And
0: with the right narrator, sometimes it, it really.
2: Yeah, and autobiographies
0: by... read by the author are really wonderful. Oh yes, things like that.
2: Yeah, and also even something that's really kind of fun is on many of the digital e-books. Our digital audiobooks. There's a way to search by the narrator. So right. it's like I really like this person's voice. Let me listen to all the books they've narrated. Right. You know, that's kind of. Fun
0: yeah, there too. are. There are <laughs> my favorites. Some of my favorites are dead. Died. You know, my very favorite Frank uh, Murler, Mueller was my favorite okay. narrator. You know, and he died in several years ago the a motorcycle. Well, he got injured in a motorcycle right Then, oh. but he was really spectacular. Uh, and and then there actually some books are dramatized. I know I had read. Uh, Neil Gaiman's Graveyard Book, but mm-hmm. now there's like an eight-hour dramatization with actors, you know, that, that, that brings a whole new,
2: even oh, something yeah. you've read,
0: you know, and, and many times a book is is better written on the written page in your mind, and sometimes it's brought to life by, you know.
2: Yeah, I think the um, 10th anniversary of American Gods was done that way it, as well. It
0: was. I did the unabridged version. It was really good.
2: Was, <laughs> yeah, it, I think I'm only...
0: Don't read the abridged version. If you get you know, any anyway. We're getting geeky for people here, on yeah, days. oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it it it, it does it, 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 for people who are busy and riding around. Instead of, particularly since there's no local radio anymore,
2: <laughs> right? Yeah, it's just
0: all piped in. You know, stuff just you know you, you can knock a book out a week riding around. Yeah. And if you've got a long commute, more than that.
2: Oh yeah. yeah, And it can get
0: expensive if you you're buying them. I mean, I've, yes,
2: yeah. I'm a and... lifelong
0: subscriber to that kind of thing, but you know, still you can add to them.
2: Yeah. Oh, definitely.
0: So what else is going on at the library? People need to know about.
2: Well, um, right now we're kind of already getting ready for summer reading, um, and in April we have our next um, children's book carnival, and this has sort of been our our, our prelude to summer reading because May uh, we don't do many programs because our children's department is so busy trying to get. Um... Explain the summer reading program. Please. Oh, summer reading program. Um, this is a. It's really aimed um, to kind of help bridge children between. Um, between the semesters, or between the school year, so they don't fall into that summer slide. Um, But really, it's grown into so much more than that. Um, So they have uh, goals for reading. Um, It's different for different age groups, whether it's number of books, number of pages, or number of hours. Um, And now we do it for teens and adults as well. And there's usually prizes given out for all the age categories. And we do great programs, sort of themed around sort of with a central theme and this year is um actually health and um so we'll have we'll bring in performers we'll bring in um you know we'll sort of have special programs for adults that kind of lean towards you know having a healthy lifestyle and you know creating book lists that are geared towards you know learning how to you know eat well or even just you know sort of have mental happiness and and a lot of different things um but it's a it's a great thing for families because all ages can participate in it. Um, but uh, it's really born out of out of our children's department, and they they put on so many weekly programs just for summer reading. And it's a it's a way to have you know activities for your children during the summer when they're not in school. And um, and it's really it's a fantastic event. We always see you know more and more kids in the library during the summer than we ever do any other time of the year. Right.
0: And you said there's tutoring going on and other things. Oh, yeah. Is the Literary, so- literary, literary, literary Association involved at all?
2: Unfortunately, no. Okay. They're not. Um, I know that
0: group is shrunk and their funding is really...
2: Yeah, hard. and I think that's really hurt them the most, um. is that um, um, that they sort of haven't been able to do probably as much as they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're
0: picking up some of that, maybe. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but most recently, the Adult Education Center is now using our space for um, some GED um, tutoring sessions once a week so um, that's something that people have wanted for a very long time and we're really happy to have them on board
0: a lot of community groups meet here people don't they don't know that oh I mean, yes <laughs> don't really want to tell yeah. people because the rooms are already full but <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, yeah I mean our uh, you know we have some very basic guidelines but they're pretty much open to everyone um, you just can't hold fundraisers or anything right. like that. Um, but, yeah, we have so many, um, you know, we have job fairs. We have, um, you know, job training. We have um, just different civic organizations. Well, meetings. the job center's
0: moved here, essentially. I mean... Uh,
2: kind of, there's yeah. There's not, not a
0: physical location in Anderson, so...
2: Yeah, there's a sort of like an outpost office on Michela yeah. Boulevard, but it's basically just computers. Yeah, um, yeah so we actually have someone um, through the ARP who's right. trained by... The SC Works office to help people, and that's um, that's when the office first closed. That was a huge problem, <laughs> uh, So we had so many people coming here, and our staff is not trained. Uh, you know, and so we could do the best we could, but really a lot of these people need one-on-one help, and and we're stretched thin as it is already. So um, when we had the ARP kind of provide us some employees, it's been really wonderful ever since. Um, and that's um, you know a lot of these people make personal relationships with the um, with the ARP employees, and it's been it's been a very sort of symbiotic relationship, I guess.
0: Well, uh, you know, uh, having not been here forever. I remember all the incarnations of our libraries here in Anderson, and we really have a pretty amazing library here. I think it's better organized than even some of the bigger ones that I've been to around. I mean, it seems to be.
2: It's a really good. You know, art- everything's
0: accessible. You know, it's yeah. not. Uh, you know, I don't know.
2: Yeah, um I've only been here probably five years. I've worked in four different departments in the time. Um and you know, and I've always been just everyone that I work with I love and they're passionate about their job and we have great leadership from our director and our assistant director. But you know, even just it's it's a job that lets you meet people and it's a job that lets you help people. And it's either, you know, just finding the next book they want to read or, you know, really helping them because they don't have internet access. They don't know how to use a computer. I mean, that's sort of more where my job territory is, um, and it's has um, really been a, a, a sort of a growing experience for me, and um, and I, I just love working here personally. Well, I, I
0: just tell you, if, uh, people, if you're a writer or even just business people who need a quiet place that's not a coffee shop where people are making noise, and this is, you know, it's, it's a refuge, you can kind of get away, and you've got Wi-Fi here, and people can, you know, oh,
2: yeah. come
0: and get work done here as well, so... Yeah. Well, let's tell everybody when the hours are. I know you're closed for Easter. That's coming up this week. We are closed
2: Sunday for Easter, um, but we're open on Friday. Um, And
0: Saturday is the Teen Geek Fest. It is, yeah.
2: But the main library's normal hours are Monday through Thursday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., and then uh, Friday and Saturday from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., and then Sundays from 2 to 6. And we also have um, eight other locations plus our bookmobile, and uh, they all have at least some Saturday hours and um, are open through the week, usually 9 to, I think, 5.30 or so. So they have some limited hours. But, um, so you the bookmobile
0: and the van, right? Aren't there like two? Well, there? the
2: van is more of our courier system because oh, okay. we share books. I got you, with all, the other libraries. Mm-hmm. I got um, but, so our bookmobile is, is our main sort of outreach vehicle, mm-hmm. and it goes all over the community to places that we don't have branches So It's amazing how big
0: some of the branches have gotten. I mean, over the, I mean I've watched Anderson go from one oh. little tiny library to giant you know yeah yeah
2: and many of our branches are growing very rapidly as Mm -hmm. well so
0: well i hope people will come out and the best place to find out about it is on facebook or on the web or which one of them either one
2: one. um you know uh anderson it's www.andersonlibrary.org you can call us 260-4500 or you can find us on facebook and we're be able to answer your questions on any of those. That
0: seems like Facebook's the easiest for people to remember. Just yeah. it. it has a website on there if you want to go there. Yeah, it does. But y'all do keep it up to date, all the things that are going yes, on.
2: Yes, we do. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, thanks, Brianna. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you. Thanks.
0: We do have a great library here in Anderson County. If you haven't been out there, it's, it's very well organized. And there's a lot of good stuff out there. And I think I said in this interview that my first uh, ID card that I remember was a library card. I was probably three years old and... Learned to read early and have loved libraries ever since and have been a, a part of all the ones that have ever been in Anderson County since Eisenhower's president, I think. Um, if you haven't visited the library lately, drop by or check them out online, and And their website uh, is, is will give you all this information on everything you know, and also Facebook. If you have a Kindle or any of those kind of things, they'll help you set that up. You can check books out for free without ever leaving your home if you have Wi-Fi. So give them, you know, check them out and uh, go by and, and look at the library. It is it is a great, great library we have here in Anderson, one of our great services that is provided. All right, don't forget this weekend is the Connector Run to Benefit AIM. Uh, Saturday, that race will feature something for all levels of walkers and runners. So for more information on that, you can visit AIM's Facebook page or aimcharity.org and find out how you can get out there and run. It starts early Saturday morning. So you, if you're listening to this late, just go ahead and plan and get up, going heading out there. And, you know, talking about things going on in the community that need your support, I also want to remind everybody that Kid Venture Park at the Anderson Civic Center is in sore need of upgrades and repairs. I'm not the one who discovered this. I think anybody who's been out there has seen it. But some people have actually done more than just look at it and talk about it. That Kid Venture Park, which has been the county playground for more than 17 years now, has not aged well. And it's not ADA accessible. And the time has come to fix these problems well, Anderson's Julia Woodson saw the problems, and uh, she was the one who did more than just complain about them. She made something happen, and she put together a coalition of partners, and they're working together for Kid Venture 2.0, raising funds, having work days, doing things more than just saying we need to do something in the community. They're actually getting out and doing something in the community. And I talked to Julia to get an update on where they are with Kid Venture 2.0. Uh, Kid Venture 2.0, the reboot, uh, the original Kid Venture Park out at Anderson Civic Center was built 20 years ago, almost 21 years ago, I guess. Uh,
3: I, about somewhere around there? In 1999, so okay. it's actually about 17. 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we just feel older than that. <laughs> well, we
0: do. Yeah. You, I'll, I'll join you in that. Um, and it, is, it, it looks it, uh, mm-hmm. it, it kind of uh, during the, the austere period, it became sort of neglected and, and it shows and it's really run down. And, I know, uh, as someone who raised two kids out there, that we always wanted them to get rid of that big volcano <laughs> because your child would disappear into there. And you just were petrified to either saw them enter, leave one of the eight exits, or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was really cool for kids, but it, it petrified parents. And it's also not accessible at all to kids who have any sort of dis- disabilities at all. That the, the place was not that was not considered when it was put together the first time. So it needs a major upfit, and it needs to be accessible. So that was sort of the whole vision you had behind
3: it, right? That is, I was, and my initial concerns were for safety, and then talking with the county, came up that it was not accessible. You and remind
0: people how, when it started bothering you. Well, or, or, I, had,
3: um, I had taken one of my younger grandchildren out and just went over to the toddler area, and I said, well, it's looking kind of run down here, but we just kind of stayed confined to that little area, and... I didn't really pay too much attention and then I went back a couple weekends later with two of my older grandchildren who both happened to be autistic so I became aware of the special needs aspect too and I got when I was in the larger area it became apparent to me how many safety concerns there were there were just um, a dearth of mulch out there holes where kids could fall in and there were broken boards and exposed nails and I just thought somebody has to do something about this and they've since closed off but kids were able to climb out the top of the volcano and um I was like so many families when it went up and I'm sure you probably were too. spend some time out there hammering nails we and, did and drilling screws in big things yeah I think I think so many people had young so many families um, who now were more middle-aged. Um, our children were coming up then. We were out there, and to see the difference, and I hadn't been out there since my youngest daughter turned 20. It hadn't been out there since she was probably 9 or 10, so I hadn't seen it in 10 years, and some of the really neat features were gone. Instead of being replaced or repaired, they were just removed. When the dragon, the slide broke coming out of his mouth and that hole just got fenced over and I did venture into the volcano with my smaller grandchildren and it was pretty scary up there because they had to close off areas. There wasn't as much light in there um, and it was difficult to maneuver around in there. And then another day and there was so many weeds and just grass growing. One day I thought I'm just going to pick some weeds out there and a young boy got Scratched by a cat, and this police officer had the misfortune of hanging out in the parking lot at that time. And I got him and asked him to come in and look at this little boy. And um, he said, "Well, go get your your parents." And his brother said, "My grandmother's in a wheelchair; she can't come in here."
0: Wow.
3: And then it re- you know it really hit home. Well, yeah, how could she? And at the time it was built, it. It was ADA compliant but the standards have changed. Right. We've become aware of more things and last night I had several messages on the Friends of the Park Kid Venture 2.0 page from parents of special needs children who are really concerned because there's breaches in the fence and there's a large body of water there right. and it's hard anyone who's spent any time with a two or three-year old knows how hard it is to keep up with a two or three-year-old, and if you have more than one child with you, and if you add an autistic child into the mix, who they have a tendency to silently wander off. Anyhow, you're really talking.
0: And any child sees one of those ducks, they go after them.
3: Any so. child sees one of those ducks, they they go after them. And they just. Um,
0: so it's going to take, uh, depending on who we ask, uh, you know, between 100 and 200 thousand dollars to completely mm-hmm. redo it. This mm-hmm. is basically leveling it and starting over almost. Right
3: the plan is to keep the wooden they want to keep the wooden facade because they feel that that is and this is and i want to say that at friends of the park adventure 2.0 why we are so accessibility is such an important issue to us and the safety features are we have no final say right we can we can strongly suggest we can and we will continue to do so what's important to us but at the end of the day, what goes in that park will be the county's decision. Right. And it's my understanding from discussions with the county that the wooden facade will stay because that is what identifies KidVenture as KidVenture. But the volcano structure, which has become a danger, not only because of the safety factors um, and then the inaccessibility, will come down. Mm-hmm. And people are um, getting in there at night and they're finding condoms and needles in the morning. Right. So, and the volcano, you can even, I think criminals, if they put their mind to use, that they, but the cameras that are there, the volcano obstructs. Right. So they can be on the, even without going in the interior, they can be on the other side. And with holes
0: in the fence, there's no entrance problem. Right, in. and
3: there's no entrance problem with holes in the fence. So there's areas that are obstructed, so if they take that down, which I know, I know upsets a lot of people because it it is such a cool thing, but it is it has become a safety issue and an assessment Honestly,
0: issue. Julia, I, anybody who's had small kids out there is not going to upset. It seemed cool to you get a small kid out there and they mm-hmm. disappear in there and you can't find them one mm-hmm. time and then... You're like, I don't ever want them around. And, it, <laughs> and, and then you quit taking them to KidVenture because of this that, crazy... It,
3: so many parents have come up to me and said, oh, Kid KidVenture, we don't go any there, there anymore. It's so dangerous. Because of that crazy <laughs> that because volcano. Because of that, that crazy volcano. And mm-hmm. you can be... Um, you're over here, and little Johnny wants to be on the swing. And little Jenny wants to go in the volcano. And you said, well, okay, I'm right here. But you don't know who's... There's so many
0: exits, too. There's so many thing.
3: exits. And somebody could be up there doing anything to your child.
0: And it's going to be replaced by... Other
3: fun stuff. It's not other like fun just going to be a hole right there, you know? Right. It's, gonna it's be not going to be... Equipment there's going to be, be accessible equipment, and I think one of the things that is driving the cost up and is important to us, and we've mentioned numerous times, and it not only needs to be um, ADA compliant, it needs to be accessible. Right. Because you can't get out there in a wheelchair on mulch. Right. It needs to have rubber matting. On the ground so people can get to it mm-hmm. and that's not an inexpensive proposition right
0: so right now we're still in the fundraising and, yes. and volunteer kind of sprucing at what we can say right right so try to save what we can
3: save what we can and we are going to have and some of the things
0: like the swings and all are okay just maybe some new seats and stuff but the swing stuff still sound and that's okay it's the all... swing
3: stuff seems still seems to be sound and that's um the larger swings that they had out there, I'm not sure why they've come down, and they, the purpose of those were they were ADA swings. Right. Um, I don't know if the plan is to replace them, but I've noticed they have come down, so they do need to get some swings up there that people can access. Um, we are going to have a cleanup day on June 11th, with right. a rain date of June 18th. It's one of the things we we learned a lesson last time it rained on our cleanup date and when we didn't have as big of a turnout as we expected because people had already made plans and they didn't know the date so we've announced that and I was out there the other day and kind of took a look around and it looks like you know the fence we didn't have enough time our volunteers to finish staining the fence so that needs to be stained the county says that they're putting in $39,000 Thirty-nine thousand dollars worth of equipment in spring, renowned spring. So I'm assuming that will be done before cleanup day. So if it, if it's not, even if it is not, we won't pay as much attention to the volcano as we did last time, because we know that will be one of the first right. things coming down. Right. So at this time, it didn't. It looked like it might need a little bit more mulch. I was kind of concerned because we had such a wet winter that. Some of that mulch would just end up washing away or deteriorating quicker, but it looked pretty good as far as mulch went. It Might need a small load. Mm-hmm. It won't need the big volume of mulch you needed this last time. Plus, we, if, if we are able to get them out, and we don't want to invest a lot of money in mulch, and
0: somebody had asked me, the entrance will probably about will probably stay the same because it's pretty accessible. It is, for, the
3: entrance is accessible. You got the little
0: gazebo, and you got the hands on all the things, mm-hmm. and all that. That'll.
3: And none of none of none of the things that have I'm sorry I'm a little incoherent today. Um, <laughs> um, they have assured me that anything that has a name on it will stay. Because that was one of the things that I brought up. Because you know, somebody brought up, well, why don't we get so and so to sponsor a slide? Well, then, who's going to be accountable if something happens to that slide? And then it says. Mm-hmm. Greg Wilson Anderson's observer slide here, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I said, if we do remove any equipment, I ask that they place something there Mm -hmm. that will document, you know, move those plaques because there's a lot of three by four plaques around that say various businesses have donated, and just make one large plaque for all the pieces of equipment that have been replaced. Well,
0: there's really not another playground. That the whole county can use that's available and accessible and i mean there's some little things so there's a slide here or some mm-hmm. monkey bars there and mm-hmm. some people go to the elementary schools but they've even cut way down on their equipment and stuff that most of them right
3: and they, they have the same issues there because as i said you know the park was built 20 almost 20 years ago and or 17 years ago and right. and regulations have changed Mm -hmm. you know we've learned as a community in a country that this is you know what it needs to be so if you make any additions you have to make sure legally that you meet those requirements
0: so people can either donate uh, they can volunteer Mm -hmm. there's some t-shirts for sale right
3: now there are t-shirts for sale the do, T-shirts
0: actually don't even say Kid Venture on it. They're pretty neat, though. They're pretty good.
3: They they are great because, um, you know, at at Friends of the Park, we are such supporters of local business. You know, we try to hit the farmers market and support our downtown merchants whenever we. Almost can. the same color
0: as the farmers market shirts. And
3: it's similar in color. It's yeah. a it's a very nice green, which you know the park is green, it and it says support everything local. And because and has a map of South Carolina and Anderson starred on it, and it's because the park is local and right. it's for our local people. And we want the park is important to the community. It attracts you if you want to attract businesses, business people are going to bring their families. So it's it's a local asset.
0: Well, and and services are key to economic development, and um, you're yes. going to want to see. What's happening at the lake? They want to know where's the park we can take our kids to play.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of nice uh, room out there around the pond. A lot of nice fields to fly kites and stuff in. They need a playground. Yes. And, but those t-shirts are cool. I ordered one. That's so, I, uh, I saw but, you yeah, ordered a t-shirt, and, uh,
3: and all you need to do to order yeah. one is go to booster.com mm-hmm. and enter Kid Venture under the name of the campaign.
0: And if you forget that, Facebook's always the easiest Facebook way. Facebook
3: to... is the easiest way.
0: If you type in kid venture anything, it pops up on Facebook.
3: It pops so. up. And um, Main Street Program, who has 27,000 followers, has been so kind and has shared it two times already this week. Right. So, and I'm, I'm hoping so that. J. to buy a shirt. J. J. Carrie Jones, we're talking to you. Buy a shirt. <laughs> buy a shirt. Um, he, but he has kindly shared it twice. These
0: have to be ordered. You can't, I mean, you can't like have a booth somewhere full of them. You've got to order them because they're. You're saving cost by having we're, we're not sa- printing up
3: a right bunch because, of shirts you may not be able to sell right because we are volunteers right. so any any cost we have comes out of our pocket right. you know and sometimes you'll see an ad like right now the the announcement for the t-shirts it says sponsored well that came out of somebody at Friends of the Kid Friends of right. Parks pocket. That's not, we're not taking that money from donations. We're taking that money out of our own pockets right. and paying for that ad. You know? Well, I'm working on, still working
0: on one local dollar, trying to get people to commit a local dollar every month, you know, $12 a year. Anybody can do that, even the poorest person in the county. And we were talking about the economic scale on this. Everybody with a child or a grandchild would give $1, we're done.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Just once. Not, once, not even repeatedly, just one time, yeah. $1, mm-hmm. then the playground's built.
3: right. And there's there's a GoFundMe account set up, and that is, like you said, you go. Facebook and it'll take you. Right to take take right to the GoFundMe account, and there is on the GoFundMe account there is a minimum of a five dollar donation. Right. And that's, that's just, the way they're set that's up. That's the way GoFundMe. they're yeah. set up. That's not the way right. we're set up. That's the way GoFundMe is set up. So you can wait five months and make one five dollar donation, and then be done. You know, make one donation for your family of five dollars and.
0: Right. Well, what you're building here should last another 17 to 20 years before mm-hmm. somebody has to work mm-hmm. on it again. And maybe this time there won't be the economic dip that keeps it from being. Because that's what happened, obviously. Right. But, uh, right. Between that period of time it was built, and you know, right in the middle of that, between mm-hmm. the time it was built and now, the middle of that was when the depression hit. And, right. So.
3: And I, I think an important point there too is a lot of people have said, well, you know, the county hasn't kept it up. Why should I? spend my money to do it and but at the end of the day this is our children we're talking about mm. and we can't hold that against them
0: well the you other know. side of that too Julia. if you say that then you so you want the county to raise your taxes
3: yes exactly or do you want to
0: voluntarily of the goodness of your heart give a dollar right you know give up it all right give up a starbucks copy and give five you know that right one.
3: and the you know the same people who are saying that or well why aren't they using my tax and it's true can't I mean, win you, on can't, that one. you can't win on that one because you know shouldn't they be paying tax dollar well we're asking you to pay for it so your taxes don't go up
0: and and the county is trying to help through a series of different places and fund, funding funding sources and maybe grants and stuff so mm-hmm. there, is, there there are i will say there are people at the county working hard to try to make this work too mm-hmm. within the constraints of what's
3: going on in the budgets and i um glenn brill has made the statement to me that i the interest that the community has shown in Kid venture through our efforts, have really impacted made an impact on them how important it is to the community and at one point where they were kind of like it's a park and now they're, they realize that it's an asset. Well,
0: and, I, and, I, and I know uh, County Manager Rusty Burns is interested in it. It's surprising mm-hmm. he wants to see done, and uh, it, it did. You know, kind of leapfrog over some other things they're talking about doing out there. So mm-hmm. that, that's good that, that that at least the like you said the, it's on the radar now.
3: It's on it, it's on the radar, and I know I I know it did leapfrog, and um, nobody wants to see a, a project get canceled or postponed. But at the same time, you need to fix one thing instead of having yep. ten partial things going. Well, on. Well, and
0: and with all of the master plans to have the walking track on the East West Connector connected to Civic Center, and you know. It's now's the time to have the playground ready when that's mm-hmm. completed, because then you will have walking paths and bike paths all the way from, you know, 81 over to the Civic right. Center, and, and then from there to the, down towards the south side to the, the, the long term.
3: And I don't know what the timeline is on the east-west connector, but I've been told that 15 months is the timeline for improvements at KidVenture.
0: Well, that sounds good. Well, Julia, I hope everybody will go to Facebook and just search Kid Venture. Mm-hmm. And it will tell you all the ways you can help. And if you know, if somebody says, "Hey, June 11th, I'm busy. Come out for an hour." You know, if you don't have much time, just you know, if you got two or three hours, great. If you got one, just drop by because one hour is
3: mm-hmm. those add up too. That's right. And June 11th, it, you know, it we know it'll probably be hot, so we don't expect that. You know, people won't be spending eight hours out there. summer,
0: and also, you know, uh, tell your councilman
3: and that let yes. them know that
0: this is important to you. Uh, Because each of them has a discretionary fund Mm -hmm. that would cover a lot of donations quickly.
3: And that that is something I brought up to somebody who was asking me last night about accessibility was, in addition to telling me, you need to send an email or write a letter to your councilman because... They need to hear it for more than me.
0: If you hear, if you attend any county council meetings, the very last thing they do is start doling out money to projects in their district. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes beyond their districts that are county-wide things for the whole county. So hopefully, you know, people will contact their council people. Uh, right now, um, doesn't look like anybody's going to run a pose that we know of, but that could change still, still time to register. They've mm-hmm. got, they've got another week. I get not even a week now. It's amazing. The filing's almost over. But, right, um,
3: so yeah, and um, I personally don't know the the man running, and um,
0: you're talking about Craig Wooten, who's running for district one seat. That uh, Francis Crowder has decided he's going to retire,
3: but I, I, I do know that um, from past statements, parks may be low on Francis Crowder's priorities, so I'm hoping that whoever does get that district seat is more supportive of the parks and just. Some of those type of things in general.
0: I think uh Mr. Crowder was more—I uh I don't know that he was interested in parks. That he just was—he was a very accounting, accountant type of ledger mm-hmm. sort of person. And his thing, once he got—I think the East West Connector going, they were trying to get a park going there. So his attention was a little bit diverted towards mm-hmm. a, a stopping place there. But I do think you know there are people thinking about it, and it, we do need to realize that it is people do drive to the Civic Center from all over the county. They do to come to the pond and. And take the kids out there and to walk and to feed the ducks and mm-hmm. you know we just we know they do that and so uh, when people come to town to eat or shop they go out
3: and there's uh or even they're going there they have one child at soccer practice that's right the soccer fields
0: are more full than ever yeah the they're building trying to build more, more yeah and
3: if you have one child over here playing soccer softball or softball or
0: tennis there's all sorts of things all
3: sorts of things the civic center just is such a hub of activity right now right and there's this part great park or should be great park to take your children to to play
0: right uh what we've got right now is embarrassing and it needs to be fixed and so uh the accessibility things are very important and, and just getting it looking good and and right someplace it's a, you'd want to take your kids and right and it is someplace you're afraid to take your kids so.
3: the the accessibility is so important and we need more it can't just look good well
0: gotta got to happen let's just make it happen sooner rather than later and uh julie appreciate you i know you don't have anything else to do you don't have a full-time job <laughs> Julia works all the time and doesn't i'm, I'm still just, here dressed in I my scrubs yeah make that clear, yeah, <laughs> make that clear nurse and you do this and this is a volunteer effort you do in your limited spare time this it, is just something you felt passionate about and have taken on
3: it is. I and I. I'm a lab tech, actually, not a nurse. And um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't
0: know. You know, us laymen, we
3: don't, we, we don't. I know. We're all wearing. We see scrubs. the uniform, and we just. I know. Uh, you know. And I, I am here. They. I know they can't see me through the <laughs> uh, <laughs> through the podcast, but it's I like am. a nurse to I, me, folks. I did. I did come straight from work, so I am still dressed in scrubs, and I I do have a full time job, and um, because my full time job requires my full attention when I'm there. Anything I do for the park, I do in my free time after work. Right. Or I spend my lunch hours looking at posts. Well,
0: one of the reasons that almost 10 years ago we started The Observer and we started the podcast after the radio program was over is encouraging and showing appreciation for people who are doing something. Because if everybody in the county takes something that they feel like needs to be done and works to get it done, man, we're going to have so much better places. We've got a great place to live now, but it's just going to get better and better.
3: And I... I know you saw. I quoted the other day that uh, the U.S. Census Bureau says 192,000 people. Yeah, we're live closing in, in.
0: on 200,000, and we may have 200,000 because the way the the last time they did the census, we've had some and, influx.
3: And I am sure that a large percentage of those people care about their community. And really,
0: we've got a little money raised now and commitment. Let's if 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 we could somehow wave the magic wand and get 50 cents from every citizen. <laughs> We're done.
3: That would even be better. Yeah. That Every would... single
0: citizen gives us 50 cents. We're done. Well,
3: mm-hmm. Maybe we can a dollar from the adults and 50 cents from the kids.
0: Hey, I like, <laughs> that, I like that graduate. Well, thanks, Julia. And we'll yeah. uh, maybe in June, we'll figure out how the, that day went and kind of see where we are. And I'll at some point try to add to uh, between now and then talk to the county and see what they where they think we are and what our next step is, because I do think it is one of those things that we want to see this done for the current generation of kids and not five years from now, three years right. from now, because that park, it, it has been a really important and the civic centers become even more important. Like I said, the traffic's become greater. It's time to make the park fit because everything else is looking pretty good out there. Mm-hmm. They, they've kept, they're they redoing the ball fields and they're redoing everything else. It's time to get the place for the, the little ones who aren't into that yet. And the rights to play. All right. Thanks, Julie.
3: Thank you so much.
0: I continue to say it a lot, but I do want to uh thank Julia and, and, continuing to work hard. and It's frustrating to try to raise funds and to get people to show up for work days and to stay with it. But through the social media and through putting together partnerships, they're doing a good job. And the Kid Venture 2.0 is going to be a great playground for uh, the kids and the generations to come. Look forward to seeing that. All right. Before I go, I want to do one thing. I want to thank everybody who has sent condolences and good wishes following the sudden death of my father, Jim Wilson, which was a week ago Saturday. If you knew him uh, you knew his place in this community is one that's going to be very difficult to replace. Dad spent a great deal of his time giving. Um, he spent a lot of time visiting those who were homebound or alone, really often taking meals, chatting it up, calling them to, to let them know somebody cared about him and was thinking about them. and he followed that up with action, and he was kind and compassionate, and he lived the kind of life that most of us really aspire to but never quite realize, and I miss him every minute of every day, and I know that'll continue. You never get over the loss of your, your father, so I want to ask for your prayers for me and for my mother and our family. Uh, my mom lost her best friend after more than sixty years of marriage, so I know she's got some challenging days ahead, so would we'll appreciate your prayers. Dad loved this podcast. Uh, he was the first person to call me and many times comment on an episode and, um, Never, uh, not knowing that I'm not going to hear his voice of encouragement and hope anymore about all these things that are good and noble, uh, I'll miss that. And I thanks Dad for encouraging me and encouraging me to do something to get out and try to make Anderson a better place and, and a better life for the folks here. Okay, returning in the weeks ahead to the Anderson Observer podcast, and this is news from people you trust, the one and only Amos Wells, who's going to be answering your gardening and lawn questions. We have, I think, 11 so far. Send them to Amos at andersonobserver.com, and enjoy this amazing spring weather, and ignore the pollen if you can. And join me again next week for another podcast from the Anderson Observer, news from people you trust. Until then, get out and do something to make Anderson a better place And I'm going to close this with a short piece of music that my dad wrote and sang that we played at his memorial service. See you folks next week.